Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to another edition of the Underdog Podcast, where we talk G5 football and only G5 football for Underdog Dynasty, the G5 football community on SB Nation. Uh, week 8 just passed us by, and it was a freaking crazy one, and so we're going to talk about a little bit about that, uh, and then jump into previews for Week 9, and then probably talk about some other stuff along the way, as we tend to do. Um, and when I say we, I mean myself, Joe Londrigan, a Western Kentucky blogger over on underdogdynasty.com. You can also find me around the SB Nation Network doing other stuff sometimes. And uh, with me, the former Old Dominion kicker punter, Satchel Ziffer. How are you this morning, sir? I'm good, and that was a good segue. Great, great, great segue from one part to the other. I'm good getting job. better. Let's, let's, let's talk. <laughs> I'm getting better. I'm, I'm putting six years of sports marketing and broadcasting education to use. That's great. Hey, man. Hey. For one one second. I use use my communication education, ooh, rhymed, to talk every day. So that's pretty cool. We're both, hey, education system, you're doing it right. You're doing it good, guys. Yay. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Kentucky State University, State College (laughs) Education System. Oh, boy. All right. Um, without further ado, the Hilltoppers beating Old Dominion 35-31 to 31 in Norfolk. Um, so this was a crazy one, and I'm going to say the officiating was eh, and that's all I'll say because I'm sure you'll have more to say about that when yeah. we get to you. And believe me, I've got the popcorn ready. I'm looking forward to it. But for WKU, Mike White got five more passing touchdowns. Second straight game where he was able to do that, along with 304 yards on 24 completions. Offensively, they're back to spreading the ball around, running some trick plays, which is absolutely in their best interest because they only had 73 yards rushing in that one. Uh, The offensive line allowed three sacks and five hurries, and pair that with how the running game performed, it really shows that the old Dominion defensive front outplayed them, which I kind of thought would happen. What I didn't think would happen was the Western Kentucky defense allowing Ray Lawry to pretty much go wherever he wanted, uh, especially in that second half. Uh, Lawry, 166 yards in the day with three TDs on 27 carries. But honestly, if Lawry doesn't fumble on that second-to-last drive, Old Dominion probably wins this one. So I'm happy that you know, offensively Western was back to doing what I think they do best, but at the same time it was there were far too many mistakes in that one. I mean, you you alluded to the the penalties. Some of them, um, I'm going to be honest, I was at the game, so for me, some of them were just one look. That's what I saw, so I wasn't going. That's what I tweeted, and so if anyone was angry at my tweets, that's why it wasn't. And 
and you have to remember, I played here. This is my school. This is this isn't just my fan teams. This is this is literally I play with these guys. I know most of the guys on this team, so I hurt with them. I I, I understand what it feels like to lose these kind of games when you feel like you're gonna win, yeah. and then last second is stripped away from you, especially when we're now we're a two and five. And, you know, I, I won't talk much about the refs. The only call I really will talk about is just one that I kind of talked about in an article that I wrote that didn't get published. <laughs> but um, I guess because I was probably a little harsh um, was that it was I think it was either third or seven and second and seven um, 20 yard line. You guys were driving, but you throw it left hand side, I think, to Jerrigan and he uh Denzel Williams comes up, makes a makes a great football play, and they called it unnecessary roughness, in which it really wasn't. And that's just the only that's the really the only call I really have a huge problem with because it wasn't. It was a good hit. It was a safe hit. It was a clean hit. If anything, I would thought it would maybe be a targeting just because he kind of left his feet. But for some reason, I have this feeling that they wanted to call it a targeting, and they were that's what he originally flew through for, and they were like, no, it's not a targeting. So, but I think it was an unnecessary roughness. I don't think these refs had that much of a clue of what this game or of the refing in my opinion. Um, but that play kind of led to, I mean, obviously two plays later, Mike White scored the, or threw the touchdown pass, mm-hmm. um, kind of gave all the momentum back to Western Kentucky. And actually we threw an interception on the, our next offensive play. So it was, uh, it was just disappointing. Um, that handoff. I mean, that's, that's still going to happen with a young quarterback. In you know a really clutch situation, it kind of it's unfortunate to happen. He played his like Williams played to his potential this game for the first time um, since that first week we saw him. I mean he threw for he went 17 for 25, not a lot of yards, but took care of the ball for the most part. Still, when you're giving up three uh, three interceptions, one of them obviously doesn't really count as much as a hail mary, sure. but um, when you're giving up more than you're going to take you're going to lose games. And um, it's unfortunate. It's it's nice to see that improvement. And obviously having Ray back is doing a lot for us because, I mean, it's hard to handle both of those guys at the same time, especially when you can just put one in and sub them out, tired, like they're not as tired, they're good, they're ready to go. Uh, it makes it hard for teams. And that's what we kind of assumed would happen this whole year. Unfortunately, Ray hurt, got hurt, made it hard for him to play. Um, mm-hmm. And we had to kind of just deal with it. It was a good game. It was a good game. I'm, I'm really disappointed. I'm just more sad for my guys because, well, not my guys, but for the team. I knew, I know how much that, that game must have hurt. Yeah, and Old Dominion's offense, give full credit to them. They've improved drastically over the last few weeks. They actually outgained Western in that one, 448 yards to 416. Won the time of possession battle as well, 31 minutes and 43 seconds compared to Western's uh, 28 minutes and 17 seconds. You know, it's just those two interceptions prior to the Hail Mary and uh, that fumble on Laurie that really killed him. You know, uh, Western, if nothing else, they were opportunistic. Um, Can someone at least explain to me, on the last play of the game, I understand that it wasn't, there was no runoff, and I'm happy that there was no runoff. I thought there was going to be, I was freaking out about it. But then, I mean, 30 people on the field running towards their, the, <laughs> the locker room. How is that not a call, at least, or at least like anything? They were just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, so I, I don't know. I, that, like, it seemed like they should at least called one of those things, but they didn't, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, you can't blame it solely on the reps. I mean, Western Kentucky was opportunistic with what they had. So Western improves to five and two, three and one in conference play. Old Dominion drops to two and five, still looking for that first conference USA win. Next game on the schedule was Marshall at Middle Tennessee. 
the Thundering Herd getting the 38 to 10 win in that one. The last couple of weeks have we've been singing the praises of quarterback Chase Letton, but in this game it was Marshall's run game that really got the job done. Uh, Marshall's running backs: Tyler King, 129 yards, two touchdown carries. Uh, Keon Davis, two touchdowns as well with uh, an additional 40 yards. Middle Tennessee again without Brent Stockskill. Uh, so John Arzua, 14 of 30 for 220 yards and a touchdown in that one. I believe he also had an interception. But Marshall's now 6-1, 3-0 in conference play, and they become the first conference USA team this year to clinch bowl eligibility. Yeah, and I mean, they're getting better and better. And I kind of would assume that the running game was going to start after that ODU game because they kind of it kind of took you know its shape in that game, it looked like, more or less than anything. I mean, those two running backs are really good, too. I mean, you have the speed and you have the power. So... I think moving forward, it's going to be hard to beat them. I think there's only one team in the conference that could beat them, and we're going to be talking about them now. <laughs> Florida Atlantic, 69. North Texas, 31. I did not see this much scoring happening in this one. Uh, FAU actually scored in their first 11 drives. And I'll tell you, some of the stuff that happened in this game is absolutely getting bumped up to the top of Lane Kiffin's resume when he interviews for that Power 5 job at the end of the year. 804 total yards for the Owls, which is a new program record, as well as a new Conference USA record. Uh, Devin Singletary, 123 yards, three touchdowns in that one, looking more and more like the best offensive player in the league, which I believe he's at least in the top three right now. Correct. Yeah, he, uh, I mean, just that whole team, they just clicked. It was kind of the right, it was kind of that perfect storm, which kind of unfortunate for me with ODU going to North Texas this week because... You never want to be the team that plays the team that just got destroyed. And they got destroyed. This was not a 69-31 game. This this should have been 80-20 to like 20 game. It, it, it was on par to be like a UNC ODU game from 2013. Uh, it, was, it was bad. And, I mean, all props to Lane Kiffin. He, he knows how to utilize his guys, and he recruited he recruited smartly. I mean, or smartly. I don't even know if that's a word. Is that a word? We're going to go with it. That's a word. So we're going to use it no matter what. Smartly here. There you go. And they just, I mean, he's just, he's, they're just playing to their strengths. Um, obviously that, that defense, that defense just taking away the ball from everyone kind of makes it easier, but their offense is from week to week. They're just clicking more and more. And it's kind of interesting to see them go from where we were thinking, eh, <laughs> to like, wow. Like, and, and to be honest, I don't, see anyone beating him i don't see marshall beating him i think marshall everyone thinks hey marshall's just gonna win it again i think this is the year it shakes up i think this is the year western kentucky isn't the best team marshall's not the best team and louisiana tech's not the best team and it's gonna be interesting from here on out because i think even with him gone that's gonna be a powerhouse team it's for at least the next year i mean it really the recruiting has been fantastic just because of him and because of his pool with the Adidas team and being able to get the kids, you know, the cool shoes and all the cool gear and everything. That's, that's going to make it. And then obviously, obviously the pool to Miami and to um, Boca Raton, there's, there's nothing better than that. I mean, if you've ever been to Boca Raton and gone to one of their games, there's literally nothing I could want more in a school. Real quick for the record, smartly is a word. So before anybody hey! gets on you about that, uh, yeah. to dictionary.com adverb in a smart manner. <laughs> Speaking of Kiffin and recruiting, did you see he is actively tweeting at Lamar Jackson now, trying to be like, come home, come home. Oh, for his fifth year of eligibility? I guess. 
<laughs> I did not see that, but that would be hilarious. We would lose every single game. <laughs> right? Every team would just be dismantled. That would be, I mean, admittedly, it would be entertaining, but at the same time with, I don't think even Lamar Jackson's going to come back for his fourth year of eligibility at this point. I mean, if you already won the Heisman, go get paid. <laughs> See, yeah, that's where it gets interesting because I think obviously his stock as a quarterback has gone down dramatically. If they have, if Driscoll continues to kind of develop as a quarterback, maybe he does go to a smaller school, plays wide receiver, and makes his impact that way so that he is drafted like a high draft pick. Because he's not, he's not getting drafted as a quarterback. They're not, he's, he's a good quarterback. He's not Michael Vick. He's not like on that level. And he never will be. I mean, there's no one, there's no one in, any college football arena since Vic to be like Vic, like to that level. So I, I, it, it, that would be the only way I'd see him going somewhere else and playing is if he could be start understanding wide receiver mentality and like stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a kicker, man. He could be a kicker. I mean, <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, uh, Chad Ochocinco is trying to be the kicker for the Denver or for the Dallas Cowboys. So that'd be fun to see. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Kiffin on, Twitter, a kid also tweeted at him a screenshot of Florida Atlantic beating Alabama in, like, I think it was NCAA Football 12. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I saw that. Too. That was funny. That was funny. Yeah. So the thing is, I hated that guy for so long. Like, when he was, like, I still kind of hate him. He's just, like, he kind of, like, he's like that uncle that you don't want to come to Thanksgiving, but for some reason he gets the invite. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I mean, I, <laughs> I just, I don't know, man. I mean, but yeah. it, they have all the right, they have all the right tools to be a big team i mean that that school i don't know why they haven't been successful in football they have the most one of the most prime recruiting areas other than probably the 757 in norfolk virginia or in virginia Mm. Um, they have the best recruiting area they have the most beautiful school and this is going to be somewhat inferential they have like everything a recruit would want anything any cool uniforms adidas I mean, you're going to get the coolest cleats other than, like, Nike's cool, but I still think Adidas, like, has, like, the apparel over anyone, um, especially, like, for now with, like, the Yeezys and stuff. Yeah, this 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 shouldn't be a surprise that bring in a good coach, they're going to do well. I just didn't think it would happen in his first year. Okay. No, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think FAU's success now, I mean, they've only been a football program for 16 years at this point and granted with florida i mean you talk about talent coming out of that area yes but at the same time everybody knows that's been like the hotbed for football talent forever so i feel like i'm gonna just quote that or say this now if lane kiffin stays at fau if he just and and it wouldn't be the wrong move for him i mean that'd be cool like just stay at a school be very successful be the most winningest coach in your program's history do that he could just rebrand himself and the school as second chance university <laughs> i mean that would be, that would be one way to go with it i don't think it'll happen but no maybe. i don't i don't but i see the the my thought process and maybe it is his now is that he has such a tenacity around his name at this at the high level mm-hmm. i mean there's so many people that just don't like him and there's a lot of athletic directors that just won't take him solely because of everything that happened to USC. Him right. ditching Tennessee right after saying, oh, I'm going to be here for the long haul. It's things like that. Mm-hmm. That, you know, there's so many, like, why not just stay at a school that believes in you? Stay in an awesome area and just, and you're making, you're, it's not like he's not loaded. They have money. 
he has money and he lives in an awesome area. Um, your biggest concern in, in Southern Florida is hurricanes, which could actually be a pretty big concern in a couple of years. But right now you're fine, man. Hurricanes uh, I, I don't know. Or the weather pattern. <laughs> hey, kind of both. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm all for coaches having a little more personality and I mean, I don't know at this point, I would prefer we get that from somebody like Lane Kiffin. Who's like, I don't know, just from like a fan standpoint, it's more entertaining when you have somebody who's doing oh, the bad the guy. Well, yeah. When you have somebody that's doing it the way he's doing it versus just the like traditional, like good old boy coach that we've had you know, be, take up the spotlight, uh, for non-winning reasons in yeah. the past, like 20 years. So I don't know. Kind of like Pete Carroll used to do it just at USC or Urban Meyer. I don't like Urban Meyer and just solely because he left Florida in such a weird way. But like when he, when he played it or when he coached at Florida, mm-hmm. we did not like, they did not stop scoring once they scored. It wasn't like, and I want to see more of that. I want to see more like, Pardon the French, and you can take this out. Douchebagginess. I want to see that. Like, I want to see just anger. <laughs> like, I want to see like competitiveness in like sports again. That was like that's kind of like lacking lately. Like, I want to. I want bad sportsmanship. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it's fun. More and fun. you guys, and most people, most people don't understand that when when you're on that sideline, you hear some really, <laughs> really bad things said. <laughs> like, there are some really bad things said, yeah. and. You just don't get to understand how funny it is to see it as a like. I would love to see it all as a pers- like from the perspective of a fan. Like it would be fun to see. Yeah, so, for sure. And that's why I like James Franklin because I think James Franklin is kind of in that position. Like he went for it on <laughs> he went for it when they were winning by thirty or twenty against Michigan with like tw- four seconds left. He made his team. <laughs> run up to the ball and snap it before the game was over to try and score one more touchdown. Like, he, that's funny. He coaches a team like I play NCAA football. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. At the same time, as entertaining as it is, we'll see if that's, like, a sustainable thing. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's it's very funny. Also, I didn't know this as I'm looking at Lane Kiffin on Google. Fresno State grad. Had no idea. Oh, really? Yeah. I, yeah, I had no clue. His dad, his dad was a coach for like the Tennessee, like yeah. the, the Titans, right? Yeah, Monty Kiffin. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Um, do you want to give me a uh, cleaner word that I can awkwardly edit in over you saying douchebagginess? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just be like, I don't want to just be like, uh, excuse my French here. <laughs> that foolishness, <laughs> like. <laughs> No, just awkwardly edit your voice over and say foolishness. <laughs> just like super loud too, like foolishness. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, I will definitely do that now. Um, mass hysteria, dogs and cats living together. Uh, holy crap, Charlotte is in the win column for the first time this year. 25-24 to 24 in overtime, 49ers get the victory. Charlotte was actually trailing by 17 in the third quarter of this one. Then Hassan Klu kicked on at a short rushing TD in the third, then threw a 68-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter. Uh, 49ers added a field goal to tie with about three minutes left. And then in overtime, Blazers get the ball first. They score, get the extra point. And then Hassan Klu runs for a second TD of the game, 
and then catches the two-point conversion on a pass from receiver Chris Montgomery. Uh, UAB drops to 4-3 and three on the year. They're still looking for their first road win. Wow, Charlotte getting a victory. Much needed um, for morale over there. So only winless team remaining in Conference USA. Is Shut up. up. Oh, winless. Oh, I thought you were going to say without a win in conference. Woo-hoo-hoo. I was going to say that, that would be mean to say ODU, man. <laughs> Rub it in my face. No, no. Um, UTEP. In our the, side, uh, in our division, we are the only team to not have a winning conference. This is true. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, man, good job for Charlotte. UAB. Uh, Charlotte doesn't uh, get the first round draft pick now. Or first. first yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, now I'm just, yeah, if we lose this next game, then we're, I'm going to be rooting for it. Um, yeah, and I'm just going to quote my one of my favorite shows of all time, The Office. For Charlotte fans, this is it. A fluke, they call it, some people will call it a fluke, but a fluke is one of the most common fish in the sea. So if you go fishing for a fluke, chances are you just might catch one. Oh, <laughs> just kidding. Okay. You guys aren't winning again. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, put the dangle the hope out there and then just yank it away. I don't know. Actually, dude, I, I didn't think they were going to win this year. And so, I mean... As we as we said many times. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you tr- you proved me wrong, guys. Good job. Um, I would love to see you guys continue to win, except for one game there. Yeah, I would love to see you guys win every game but one. Going yeah next week or two weeks from now, yeah. which kind of sucks. Why is ODU getting this? We we have to play a UNT team that just got destroyed, and then we have to play Charlotte, who won, has a bye week, and then plays us. Like, this is just not fair, man. Maybe Shard will come in overconfident like uh, Seth Luttrell claims they did against Florida Atlantic here. Yeah, that was <laughs> overconfident. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Seth, you looking like a like a Pillsboro Doughboy looking at it. Like, no, I'm just <laughs> I think it's next week Old Dominion plays North Texas, and I am really... Um, it's this week. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean... In the coming days, Old Dominion plays North Texas, and I'm looking forward to what you have to say about that game. But first, we have to get through this week. USM getting a double OT victory over the Tech Bulldogs, 34-27. to A rough loss for Tech, who were actually leading by 11 with about four minutes left in regulation. Uh, USM kicked a field goal with about 90 seconds left. They then recover the onside kick and go 63 yards in three plays and get the two-point conversion to tie it at 27. And then John Barnes misses a 64-yarder, what would have been the game winner as time expired. Um, And then on the first play of double overtime, 25-yard pass from Keon Howard to Corey Robertson, who's having another big year. Um, and that is what ended up being the game winner. So, USM getting another victory. I believe they are 5-2 and two now, and one went away from bowl eligibility. And uh, Louisiana Tech, 3-4, and 1-2 and two in conference play. Have, have yeah. a ways to go if they want to make a bowl game. Some, some would say that it was New Year's Eve, or New Year's Eve came early in Ruston. You know why? No. Because they dropped the ball. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, that was bad. I'm just rubbing a finger on my temple right now. <laughs> <laughs> thought that was a good one. I, I, I thought about that one. It was, I thought it was witty. 
had ever yeah. and had all and had all the components to be a good joke. Yeah, good good one. I'm gonna hang that one in the fridge, buddy. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Just so we know, um, I, I picked that one right. So five and six on the five and six on the week. Thank you, Charlotte. Would, I mean, is that an improvement or a drop it's, off from the week before? You know, you know, it's it's been it's I'm I'm pretty good on the season. I think I have I think I've pretty much every week is five and six or six and six. I've only I've only picked like four games wrong the whole season. Before this week. Where you got where you No, got no, I have three I have three wrong before this week. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then yeah, and then you were five and six last week. Or no that's two yeah, so or five and six on the five and six for last week. Okay. Which puts me at it's like it's like thirty four and four or something like that or thirty five and four for the season. Okay, I don't feel like doing that math right now, so that's <laughs> I'll, I'll go for it. Let's just say you have a lower win percentage because you know I believe you. I, I've chosen I've chosen when we've chosen against each other. You usually win. Just, you do. Yeah. Win. I feel like I feel like we need to get like some kind of like dare thing going for like one game every week like. I'll, I'll side with one team, you side with another, and then whoever wins, we should come up well, with what they want us to do. Um, or after we talk about Rice UTSA, okay. we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. Okay, gotcha. So last game on the schedule from Week 8, UTSA 20, Rice 7. UTSA's losing streak halts at two games. They are now 4-2. and two. Rice drops to 1-6. and six. UTSA gave up a little more yardage than I expected them to, 300 total yards for Rice on the day. Uh, but they did force three turnovers, so you can't really be mad at him for that. Um, Rice just six completed passes on the day. Yeah. <laughs> Rice, congratulations. You are the second worst team in Conference USA. <laughs> <laughs> you, Come on down. <laughs> do Rice and Charlotte play each other this year is my question now. No, they do not. So, do, so you think, hypothetically, if Rice and Charlotte were to play each other, Charlotte would win. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because okay. because the difference between Rice and Charlotte is Charlotte is had like these last four weeks has had a chance. They've had a chance to win. They just didn't. They, they they finally pulled it out this week. Every other week they didn't. But Rice has just been pooped on. True. So so Rice not technically eliminated from bowl contention yet. They are one and six. Still have a shot. If they're gonna kick it into gear. Got to do it now. Yeah. <laughs> So that wraps up week eight recap. Um, so let's see. All right. So you wanted to figure out. Uh, All right. So if we have if we have any games that we call differently, we'll pick we'll pick one of them if there's multiple. Okay. How about this? Who the loser has to put the Abby or whatever whatever picture the other the winner uh, wants in as their background on Twitter or as their av- avatar picture on Twitter for a week. For a week week all right now it won't be anything like nothing nothing grotesque or anything it just sure. it can be anything all right that's a that's a good one to start off with okay all right i already have my picture made you have it made no not made but it's in my head <laughs> okay <laughs> like you've just been waiting for this with a photoshop <laughs> handy right. yes i believe it all right so we'll just we'll go ahead and knock out week nine previews then first game fiu at marshall 
Uh, FAU's been the biggest pleasant surprise this year, but Marshall is the front runner to win the league, and they're playing like it's uh, Marshall's favored by 17 here, and I think that's pretty fair. Absolutely rolling with a thundering herd in this one. Yeah, I agree. I think Bush Davis has been doing a good job. Uh, still don't think they're going to win this one. No, can't. Uh, it's hard to go into Huntington with as strong a team that, as Marshall has and get a victory. That one at uh, 2.30, East Coast time there, uh, no national TV. So, and you also have to assume it's it's these are Florida boys going uh, cold West Virginia in November, which is starting to become cold here in October. My bad. Uh, it's actually cold, and you know that that actually does play effects. Like it has its effect on the game. So, oh for sure. Um, and then Louisiana Tech at Rice, that one at uh, 2:30 as well in uh, Houston there. Chance for Tech to take out some frustrations from last week. They are favored by 13, and they again they need the win if they want to keep those bowl hopes alive. Yeah, um, I losing a Tech wins. I'm just gonna say that. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think this is a I think this is a victory for the Bulldogs. Um, yeah. you know, it, it it better be anyway for their sake. And then I think that I think this one is gonna be the game you choose differently than me. Because mm. you know who I'm choosing. I mean, I do, and I'm not. I'm not saying that necessarily. Because I know exactly what game you're talking about I, right now. No, right. <laughs> I'm just saying there's the. This one's going to be the most telling, if that makes sense. I'm talking okay. about FAU at Western. Um, if FAU wins, then we'll know. You know, they are for sure. They're not just a flash in the pan. And for Western, if they can get a win. For Mike Sanford, it would be massive because it would quiet a lot of the unrest among his critics right now. And uh, Western's defense has to show up, and they can't let FAU get in a rhythm like they did in this last one. FAU favored, actually, by seven here. Offensively, Western has got to keep spreading the ball around and realize that's what's working for them in the last uh, four or so weeks. Um, controlling the ball, which seems to be Mike Sanford's big point of emphasis as the season has gone on and getting the run game established. Well, that's all well and good. They do not have the personnel for that right now. And it's just, it, it, at least maybe he's kind of seen that it's that kind of offense is working for them and getting them victories because for a while he was so adamant about it and it just was not working at all. Like they have a young offensive line. Uh, they have young running backs, and but they have all this talent at wide receiver and at quarterback, obviously. So hopefully they play to that advantage and they can get a win. But at the same time, I think Western's defense kind of showed that maybe they are not as good as I thought they were. And FAU just, I mean, they just have some freak athletes on that team. So I'm, I'm going to take them in a close one, honestly, FAU. God damn it. Yeah, FAU... Um... You kind of alluded to everything, but the one thing that you didn't allude to that I want to allude to, allude, word of the day, um, (laughs) is that FAU, like I I kind of talked about earlier, they're corners. I mean, they're they're secondary in general. They take away the ball. They're good at getting interceptions or getting a chance for an interception. Mm -hmm. Mike White's going to throw the ball a lot. There's the chance that this could happen. Western Kentucky hasn't seen corners that are this athletic yet. It's going to be an interesting game. I think FAU wins solely on the fact that the turnover is in their favor. It's going to be a shootout, I think. Um, but I think after what Western or what ODU was able to do to Western Kentucky last week, running the ball, I mean Devin Singletary, this team is they're ready. They're gonna they're just going to exploit it as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be high scoring. It's going to be a fun game to watch. 
But again, I, I think Western kind of showed that for whatever reason, they were just really hesitant in defending the run game. And if you're doing that against this rushing offense of all teams in this league, you're going to pay dearly. So yeah, we'll see. But I, yeah, I think we both are in agreement that FAU will probably get that victory. Uh, next one. This actually might be the game that we disagree on. This really? would probably. Yes. Okay. Maybe so. Old Dominion at, or I'm sorry, before we jump into that one, timing for Florida Atlantic at Western Kentucky, that one, uh, 3.30 p.m. in Bowling Green, uh, no national TV there. Old Dominion at North Texas is the next one, 5.30 p.m. in Denton there. Catch that one on ESPN3. So I don't think ODU's defense can keep up in this one. The Mean Green favored by 10.5. I don't know that it'll be that margin, but Mean Green will get the victory, I think. I hope, OD, I hope ODU wins because knowing you, next week would be a really fun show if North Texas beats your team. Yeah, I think ODU is winning. I really do. I, I they yeah. they've <laughs> they improved so much, and North Texas kind of just got pooped on, and North Texas just showed that they can't defend the run. What is ODU actually good at this year? We're good at running the ball. I mean, we have our two running backs back. We have a slew of running backs that can do the job. We're gonna we're gonna use that to our advantage. We're gonna try and do exactly what we did against both of the last two opponents. We're gonna hold the ball. Make sure that we win possession and allow our offense to hopefully not lose us the game. And C.B. Williams, he's, he's thrown a lot of interceptions. It's like every 15 throws, he throws an interception. But he's getting better. He, it, it, I didn't expect much from a 17-year-old quarterback. I mean, I understood that if there was going to be a huge learning curve. But he, every week, he's getting better. Our backs are against the wall. And if we if, if I go 5-6... and six, next week and this is the loss i'm okay with it because i'm picking my guys i'm picking my team fair enough so that's we'll go ahead and bet on that one then i'm riding with north texas you are riding with your monarchs um keeping a fixed eye on that game next one uab at southern miss at 6 p.m in hattiesburg i'm taking usm because UAB just cannot seem to win on the road for whatever reason. And then factor in USM is just finding ways to win. I'm rolling with the Golden Eagles. They're favored by 13. I think it'll be at least that. Not so fast. Okay. I think UAB wins this one. Really? I, I Yeah, okay. believe it or not. And every single time I've chosen UAB other than last week, I've, won. I've gotten it right. Every single time. Sure. CCU beat them. You, uh, Louisiana Tech won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Middle Tennessee won. I, I know they can't win on the road, and I'm going to give this to USM. Any USM fan out there, your stadium's the coolest one I played in. I mean, your fan base was great. You guys had just a great – it was just a great atmosphere to be a part of. So it's, it's a hard place to win, but it's not impossible to win there. I mean, it's – and I think USM has all this momentum, but I think UAB just – they're going to want it more in every way. And I think I think going up to Charlotte and misunderstanding a team that can do you wrong, and Hassan Clue was able to you know be the dual threat quarterback we knew he can be. I think there's a difference in this game, and I think that I, I just I for some reason my heart's going go with UAB here. They're gonna win. All right, agree to disagree on that one. Next one, I think we're both gonna agree here. UTSA at UTEP, second best scoring defense in the league in UTSA against the second worst scoring offense. Yeah. UTEP, UTEP by 40. UTEP by 40. Runners favored by 16. Um, obviously rolling with the runners there. And that one, catch it at 
7 p.m. in El Paso, Sun Bowl. I think this could actually be a closer game than people are going to think. Okay. And not not because UTSA is bad. Um, UTEP has now had their coach, who is it, Mike Price or whatever his name is? I don't remember. Mike Price. Mike Price. Yeah. For four weeks now, had a bye week to kind of figure out everything, get some type of understanding with the players and the players with him. I don't think they win, but I think this is going to be a game that could possibly happen for UTEP. Believe it or not. Um, but I don't think they win. But I think it's close. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think the defense of UTSA is just going to be a little too much. And because I think UTEP's offense is all right but in, in spots, but the defense has been pretty bad, except for that Western Kentucky game pretty much all year. So... I don't know. I, I you know, I, I, I think UTSA can handle business in this one. So that wraps up the week nine previews. So I guess we'll move into Satchel's question of the week. What do you got? Alright, well this is just kind of a trivia question for you. Minus Rice, what are the two other teams or schools in the top five <laughs> three hundred in academics in the world in C U S A? How many are there? There's two. Okay. Don't look. Okay, I don't know if now. you looked. Because I don't think you'll guess this one. I'm not looking it up. I'm just having the list of teams in front of me. Uh, okay. Top 500? Yes. There's only two. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say... I mean, I'm going to say Old Dominion because you're asking it. Uh, What's the other one? Is it Louisiana Tech? First off, it's really telling of the Western Kentucky <laughs> University is it, is it, to not... Is to it not, It is not, and it's not ODU. Uh, well, I mean, UAB okay. is next, and then UNC Charlotte. Really? Yes. All right. I mean, yeah. I, the North Carolina education system has a pretty good uh, reputation, stupid honestly. I probably nerd. should have seen that happen. Would you say stupid nerd? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I did not get that one. Okay, and then other question. Okay. And yeah, it's just funny. So... For some reason, I was, I don't know why. I don't know if I was talking with you about it, but I Googled my name. And I was just really interested to see what happened, what, what came up. Right. And I knew a lot of football had come up, but when I started scrolling through, it was interesting. I found out that I'm on, I was on multiple, and I didn't even know about this, multiple All-American name teams. So, American name teams? Yeah, like, like I <laughs> Yes, in the country for football. I was a Division One All-American for names. Um what is your favorite college football name you have ever heard? There's a couple. Ha ha Clinton Dix. That is in my list. That's definitely up there because just there's levels to it. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know what his parents were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Clinton Dix. <laughs> exactly. Like, was he born? He was born during the Clinton era, so he was like, yeah. they were like, ah, Clinton Dix, and they were, they were just, like, ha ha. <laughs> just watching the news, like, ha ha, Clinton Dix. Hey, <laughs> but uh, the other one and Western fans might remember uh, Wonderful Terry. That's another one I love. Wonderful first, Terry. First name Wonderful, last name Terry. That is an interesting name. Yeah, that's that's another one of my favorite ones. Uh, now I have one that this is going to be disappointing, and this came on SB Nation. Okay. So it's SB Nation. Uh, I lost in for in the first round of the college football name of the year. I was I was the heavy favorite to win the whole thing. And it all came down to voting. 
And I just, I guess Old Dominion didn't get the memo about this one, but I lost. And, you know, it's very bad. It it just, it, it's very hurtful to me, I think, that I lost. I lost to someone from Memphis. Mm -hmm. And I got to find his name because it's a really good name. Um, and the only person I thought I would lose to in special teams would be, uh, Chris Blewett because that was just a hilarious name for a kicker. But, um, Memphis running back Dorland Dorcius beat me and 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 guess what he beat me 67 votes to 66 and i (laughs) it's it's the march madness loss of the year i would assume Uh, it was just that's the equivalent of uh michigan state losing to middle tennessee a couple years ago in march madness yeah it was just uh you know after i heard about it i was just disappointed i mean did you hear about it like Sounds like a couple years after the fact, right? When you were Googling yourself? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it happened last year. Oh, it happened last, last year. year. Okay. Yeah. I guess I, um, I guess maybe Monarch fans were a little upset at me for the whole leaving. <sighs> I don't know. I, f- I, I like to think they've forgiven you. I don't know, but I'm just... I hope. I'm, I'm hoping, so... I had, w- I had one that I thought might be kind of a fun topic. Conference USA-related Halloween costumes, because we're, we're a few days out from Halloween. We're not going to be able to put another episode out before Halloween next week, so I just wanted to get some, get some takes. What's a good Conference USA football-related Halloween costume? Uh, you know what I'm going to say. Go for it. I don't know. <laughs> Big red, man. Oh, oh, of course. Big red, no would be amazing. Just get some like red pillows and just like tape them to yourself, and or, either like, that or either that or just get a trash bag and just fill it with something and then just put it around you and spray paint it red. Yeah, it, that'd be that'd probably be the easiest one. Mm-hmm. You could you could be a UTEP fan and just put a bag over your head. There you go. And just poke poke holes in it. That'd be pretty easy. Um, yeah, you could be a Western Kentucky football player and dress up as a referee. <laughs> oh my bad that wouldn't that wouldn't be pc i guess sorry no that was just a cheap shot no i'm, I'm gonna sorry. i'm gonna dress up as a western kentucky football player and just go to a frat house and fight dudes <laughs> <laughs> yeah you could have a dual you could have a dual uh, fau costume where one of them one of the player one of them is uh lane, lane kiffin the other person a bus and like lane kiffin is just constantly not on the bus you know because he got kicked off the bus at usc <laughs> Just like chasing it down the street. It's like a, and then couples uh, obviously, obviously you could be a uh, the kid from Up and be Seth Luttrell. Obviously. So you'd be Rice and just be a piece of rice. <laughs> yeah, just a single grain of rice. Yeah. Why are you guys named Rice? By the way, I, I is it a person's last name? What is it? To the internet. Yeah. I'm gonna look it up really fast. Yeah, William Marsh Rice. What, yes, did, what, did, what did Mr. William Marsh Rice do? Opening 1912 as William Marsh Rice Institute for the Advancement of Letters, Science, and Art, it is known today as Rice University. The Rice School in Houston is also named after William Marsh Rice. I don't know exactly what he did. He was a Massachusetts-born businessman. Um, On September 23, 1900, Rice was chloroformed to death by his valet, Charlie Jones, who had conspired with an unscrupulous lawyer, Albert Patrick, to murder the aging millionaire and claim his estate (laughs) using a forged will. (laughs) That's not, I mean, I don't know. Happy Halloween. There's a story for you. 
chloroform. <laughs> Dang. Um, Want to know an interesting story about my life? It or about my chloroform? It does I'm not. Sure I want to. Um, it's not. Okay, go for it. Unfortunately, my house, I lived in, I am originally from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is one of the oldest cities in the country. Um, obviously, Pennsylvania is the second state in the country. Uh-huh. Um, but it's also, it, it was, you know, home to be, home to, um, of the capital. It was the capital for a day in the Revolutionary War when they, um, when George Washington kept traveling around and they had to keep, you know, doing that. George Washington also actually stayed at the house right next to mine, oh, wow. which used to be an inn, and his horses stayed in my horse carriage. We, we had a horse carriage, but we're in the middle of the city, which is interesting. Yeah. So his horses stayed at our house, but my house was built in 1784 like, or something like that. Wow. So, so yeah, you know, the mainframe. There's been over 30 deaths in my house, <laughs> and there are so many, like, being like i believe in ghosts because i've seen them but like so but the interesting thing is that one of the worst massacres in pennsylvania history happened in the cellar of my house believe it or not and you can look it up <laughs> it happened there's a wikipedia page that was just part. last year <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> my parents are some crazy people now um and it's interesting because then i've always i've never gone into the cellar alone because i just know and my mom keep my mom has a shop in the house, so um, the cellar is like her like storage area. But okay. so there was a, a Native American massacre in our house, and um, every year, every year someone comes by and they're like, they they want to have like the um, like the ghost tour go into it, and my mom's like, no. <laughs> so there's some Halloween scary for you. What's the oldest school in CUSA? The oldest. Uh, yeah. What would you assume it is? Right, right. Nineteen hundred is actually decently old. Nineteen twelve. Maybe Rice. Maybe. Yeah, eighteen ninety one is old. Uh... Okay, so oldest school. I know what it is, and I guessed it. Oh, okay. I'm gonna guess. It. I'm gonna guess it is. Someone chain. Someone tell me if I'm wrong. Um, I I was guessing it was Marshall. Right. Um, and it is. Yeah, Marshall Uni- Marshall University became a university in 1961, but it was a college. It got its university status in 1961. It was Marshall College and started in 1858. Got it. Okay. So that is the oldest one. Yeah, and I assumed it would be. I think all most of the schools back like a long time ago were in the northwest or northeast. So right, because that's kind of how the country got like established. Started. I guess yeah. So if you go, and that's why I think it's. I'm one of those sole. I'm like I'm like a huge proponer. I've I can't even speak um, of like when someone says USC, I always assume it's South Carolina. Right. I I don't think Southern California because when you think about it, University of South Carolina was a school before South or before California was even a state. So that's yeah. So fun fact for you guys. All right. So that's going to conclude another week of the Conference USA show. I don't think I said this was the Conference USA show at the beginning, but I mean, people figure it out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so this there's, con- subto- there's context clues. This is very true. 
Um, so this concludes another week of the Conference USA show. Um, thank you guys for listening, as always. If you subscribe on iTunes, make sure and leave us a review. Help the show grow. Um, last time I was checking the reviews for the podcast, the most recent one I saw, I think, was from uh, Brian Stone, our Georgia Southern writer. And the, the review just was, I like the ones that Brian Stone is on. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, we need a little more reviews, help the show grow a little bit. Um, also, make sure you're following Underdog Dynasty on Twitter, um, like Underdog Dynasty on Facebook as well, um, and read the site. Obviously, we put a lot of work into it. It's a real project of love, I guess, from all of us because we love college football. Um, also, follow Satchel and myself on Twitter. I'm at J-O-E-H-I-O underscore. Satchel is Z-I-F-F underscore 15. Obviously, if you have anything you want to talk about with us regarding the good old Conference USA football teams, uh, throw it at us at any time. Um, we'll try to do a mailbag. Um, we'll, we're going to try to do a mailbag the week of Conference Championship Week, I think is the time that uh, Cyrus wanted us to do it. So be on the lookout for that. Only a few short weeks away. Uh, Satchel, what is your sign-off line for this week? You cost us the game, refs. <laughs> Fair enough. Happy football watching, everybody. <laughs>